It doesn't matter what you have. It matters what people want, what the customers want. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Shakespeare said, no legacy is so rich as honesty. And Judy Garland said, always be a first-rate version of yourself and not a second-rate version of someone else. This is episode 120 with published author, serial entrepreneur, and venture investor, Sid Mohasib. Today, we're going to be diving into the authentic entrepreneur's way not comparing yourself to others and being your true self. So if you're an entrepreneur building a business, building your journey, this episode is for you. And if you like anything you heard, make sure to share it on Instagram so you can help somebody else. And don't forget to tag me at chris.t.anderson. I was born an entrepreneur. Okay. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like you and the rest of your audience. Um, we, we are all, I believe we are all entrepreneurs. Uh, and, uh, and I can prove that. <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship, if you go back to the origin of the word uh, and when it was used originally by John Baptist, say, in the 1700s, and then by a guy named Richard Cantillon later on and so forth, it was defined as uh, an entrepreneur is a person who would have a resource and who would take a resource and manage that resource to a place where it has a higher yield. That was the original definition. And then Richard Cantillon, as I said, was an Irish man. He said, no, 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 it's not just that. It's if you have something or you make something, or it could be an idea, it could be anything, whatever resource you have, whatever you have, and you're trying to make it into a better thing. So you're exchanging it with something better, knowing that there is some risk, that it's not guaranteed. That's entrepreneurship. Uh, and then uh, some others focused on the meaning of uh, entrepreneurship from a, a kind of a pure linguistic matter. An entrepreneur is a combination of two words, entre and prender. Entre means to undertake, okay? And prender means to understand or grasp. So entrepreneurship means to undertake the act of understanding. In other words, to learn. Yeah. So if you've ever learned, you yeah. have been I was say, We do a lot of learning when you're starting yeah. out as an entrepreneur in today's definition, for sure. Wow. So, so the key is that it's, uh, I define it as an exchange. It's we all have something and we try to exchange that with something better, knowing that there is some risk. And along the way, we learn, we adjust, we, we choose. Uh, and, and there are consequences to our choices, and that's a good thing, because if there was no change, if there wasn't any anything would change, there would be no choice. So we would be doing exactly the same thing that we're doing all the time. So an entrepreneur is someone who looks at the world and says, hey, it's changing, baby. <laughs> Let me make a choice. And you do that every time you leave home, except some of us are what I call in denial. We don't accept, we look at an Elon Musk or some of these, you know, Henry Ford or whatever, and say, oh boy, if they're an entrepreneur, I sure hell, I'm not. So we ignore the talent that we have. Uh, and this is, by the way, again, a talent 
that's been given to us or we have developed in our genes about 500,000 years ago. It's proven that about 500,000 years ago, uh, this gene of to go, to explore, to be wanderlust, to discover, was developed in human beings in order to survive and thrive, in order to make a choice, to exchange what they have with something better. Now, again, some of us are in denial, some of our, uh, us are aspirational, that is, we, we, we realize what we got, this ability to take what we have and improve it, but we're afraid, we don't trust our talents, and we're afraid that what we choose that with, what we, what, what we exchange what we have, may not be as good. There is a risk. So we're afraid of the risk. Some of us are confined. We will operate in a company. But still, we're exchanging. We're making decisions. We are taking a risk. We're hoping that we every decision we make in, an, in, a, in a company. And guess what? We're trying to move up the corporate ladders, exchanging our position with something better, getting a bigger bonus, whatever that is. And then on the other side of the scale, they're the, uh, uh, they're the misguided. And those are people who think entrepreneurship is about bamboozling others and <laughs> fast talking, and which is not the case. So, uh, and then what I call the practicing entrepreneurs are folks that realize all the time that they have something, maybe an idea, maybe a product. And they realize that they have the ability to exchange that with something better. And they're willing and able to take the risk by increasing their knowledge to learn, to be able to get and secure a better outcome. So am I an entrepreneur? Yes, I am. When did I start? From the day I was born. <laughs> That's awesome. That's such a good kind of breakdown to you. I mean, you don't think of that, you know, all the different, what it means, what it stemmed from and the different like levels, I guess, phases of entrepreneurship, you just think I'm an entrepreneur or I'm not. Um, and so uh, that that kind of opens the door for a lot of people. Um, and I think it's it's neat to to be able to, to go down this journey of, of trying to, you know, build your own business or provide an, an a service that improves people's lives or helps them in some way. And um, so yeah, it's definitely a journey for sure. Correct. And, and, and the other thing is I say you are both the sculptor and the sculpture. That is, we're all both the artist and the art. We're both the Mona Lisa and uh, Leonardo da Vinci. And we're always constantly with our choices. We're kind of sculpting ourselves, painting ourselves. Uh, and this is our masterpiece that's never done. It's always evolving, always changing. And that's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's the journey. Now, the question is, what decisions do we make? How do we make those decisions? And realizing, uh, as you mentioned, uh, my, my last book is called You Are Not Them. Uh, as we realize that we're not them, we are unique. And, uh, you know, if you look at, we, we mentioned, you know, uh, Elon Musk and, and Henry Ford, they're not the same. They're not the same as Warren Buffett. They're not the same as Steve Jobs. They're not the same of any entrepreneur that you want, they're all different. They have their own philosophy. They have their own personality. They have their own definition of risk. They have their own priorities. They are who they are. And they've gone from different origins to what they are as an original, from their origins to their originality. And that's the process of discovering your own personal entrepreneurship philosophy. It's not a switch that you say, I am authentic, I'm not authentic. <laughs> it, it, 
it's a process of defining yourself and redefining yourself and, and 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 i offer some ideas in terms of how do you do that how do you build your own personal entrepreneurship philosophy yeah it, because so it's so hard nowadays i mean one because we get to see everything the best of everyone all the time and so that comparison piece starts to to sink into our mind like oh, i wish i was at their level or i wish you know all that the th uh comparisons the thief of joy kind of thing and um and so we start saying well yeah like i would like to you know do what they're doing or be live with their like and, and so we start like picturing ourselves in their position instead of like well how can i improve today how can i be my best and, and then what will that look like as i almost kind of like level up upgrade myself uh on this journey so uh, uh, that's true. So the thing is that you could wish that, that you were them, but uh, this is a wish that will never be granted, my friend. But, so it's a foolish wish. Uh, but you could learn from them. You could, you could see what the pieces of the puzzle are. That, that Because you're not them, you have a little bit of this guy and a little bit of that lady and a little bit of that other guy and a little bit of... And you have different things. And you choose what you exchange. By the way, that's an important definition. So people say entrepreneurship is about making money. That's not true. If it's about exchanging what we have with something better, I would propose to you that Gandhi was an entrepreneur. Martin Luther King was an entrepreneur. Mother Teresa was an entrepreneur. Except they changed and they exchanged what they have with what they thought was better. They took what their resources, they took a risk down to being killed. <laughs> in order to achieve something better based on their definition. So key is define what is better for you. And it's not necessarily a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars. It is what makes you happy. And that's different from being passionate about something. Let me explain that. I'm passionate about painting, but I can't make a dime out of it and I can't exchange it with anything. I'm just passionate. So the key is not just blindly following a passion. The key is building a passion around what we're competent in and building and creating that competency and building that philosophy that surrounds that. And that could be anything. I mean, I could become an art dealer. That doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't follow a passion. It just means that hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really horrible at painting. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And I so think it goes the reality check, if you would, that comes into picture. Yeah. And I think it's huge to remember that, that, um, that we aren't them, like you mentioned, uh, your, your book and focusing on, on ourselves and, and our journey. And so how, I know you said you, you had some, some guidance on how we can live that authentic entrepreneur's way. What does that look like, uh, as far as creating that for ourselves in our own lives? So, um, so let me let me begin by saying I, I opened the book uh, kind of the first chapter. The first chapter, by the way, is the conclusion, which is kind of weird. But I thought, hey, let me give it to you all, and then we'll go back and, and dissect. Uh, but but right after that, what I say is this is not a how-to book. This is not. I'm not giving you a how-to because there's a lot of how-to books out there, but they are a mechanical recipe for doing something, and life. And entrepreneurship is not like going to Ikea, buying a bookcase, 
that says, you know, uh, attach A to B and use number C. It, it doesn't work that way because all bookcases, if in this case, all of our lives are different. You know, if you have a business, you're starting a business, your idea is different, your uh, your customers are going to be different, the people who work with you are going to be different, you are going to be different. Everything about that is different. Everything about it is different. So there is no cookbook. Now, yes, there are a lot of how-to books that are wonderful. How do I balance my books? Okay. How do I use marketing in uh, Facebook and use these keywords. Okay, those are all wonderful things, but they are good after you have your own philosophy. Just like it's great to learn from others, from what they've done, except you need to pick the things that is yours and create your own jigsaw puzzle from all of those pieces. And what that requires, the first thing where I start uh, is, is this. You have to be an unwritten letter, meaning if you already have a definition of here's an entrepreneur and here's what well, uh, this is who I am, this this guy is saying some stuff and I've read seven, well, it's not going to work. The first thing is, please be an unwritten letter and let's do this together and then you're on your own. You can build whatever you want. It's I'm not giving you a how to of, of how to do that. So. Uh, so here's a few things that, that that's critical. And I use a lot of analogies because I believe analogies can communicate things. Uh, I, I mean, in my book, I use a lot of stories, personal stories and, and, and others. But uh, there are a few things. For one thing, I'll say you have to be a pilot. As a pilot, just consider a, a commercial pilot. They get on a American Airlines or United or Delta, pick any, any one you like. They have a routine. They show up at 8 o'clock. They have a flight. Uh, and they go through a, a, a process, checking engine, okay, fuel, okay, weather, okay, <laughs> personnel online, right? Weight, okay. What they're doing is they're checking on risk, okay? It's a risk list. And they're checking it. This is kind of like somebody who goes and works for a company. It's the same thing. It's a routine. It's a risk management process that you check mark and you control. Now, you have commercial pilots that deal with risk in certain ways. You have uh, weekend pilots. Those are people just kind of like what I was saying, aspirational, those people who go after a hustle here and there. They, they do fly. They have a list. But it's not necessarily as safe as, you know, they've got some other things to consider. This is a smaller plane. And, you know. and then you have fighter jet pilots. Now, fighter jet pilots are more like entrepreneurs. They have to have the same set of risks that a commercial pilot has. Engine check. <laughs> Everything is checked. But they are also being shot at. Okay, they have competition. It's all going on, a lot of stuff. They can run out of fuel because they don't get enough and, and, and the game would change. And they have another thing, they have a mission. They are defending a cause. They have a purpose. And the purpose is beyond I'm getting on a plane to go from point A to point B, drop off some uh, uh, passengers and come back and make a few dollars. There's a bigger purpose to it. So, and all of those that you have to remember is let me ask you this. Who do you think takes more risk, the pilot or the passenger? 
Hmm. I would have to say the the pilot does, doesn't he? If they crash, they're both dead. Right. But it's, it's the on same the pilot. Risk. Yeah. It's the same okay. risk. So if we are a passenger, if we are working for a company, we are flying, except we have delegated the authority to somebody else who's the pilot <laughs> driving it. When we say we are an entrepreneur and we take destiny in our own hands, we are the pilot. The risk is the same, except we have to be clear about we are the pilot, and we have to have the competency to make sure that the risks are navigated. So being a pilot means I want you to look at the risks that are available. It's not a matter of risk management. It's not a matter of risk avoidance. It's about navigating risk. I, I sold the company to KPMG about uh, 10, 10, 12 years ago. And you know, KPMG, the big uh, consulting and accounting firm. Uh, and they are, uh, they're a mass, there are 160,000 people and fairly against the risk because that's their, you know, that's their nature. So when I was selling the company, uh, the, uh, the head of risk management who was reporting to the CEO came and said, Sid, you're an entrepreneur, but we are not risk takers. How do you think that your company and you would fit into our organization? I said, I'm not a risk taker. So what do you mean? I said, I'm a risk navigator. I write the checks, everything I do. I take less risk than you do, except I research the risk. I am knowledgeable about this and the probability of success. You commit to certain things and do a project, but it's not your money. I am a lot less risk taker. Now, risk takers are in Las Vegas. They're in Atlantic City. Risk takers are not entrepreneurs. Risk navigators are entrepreneurs. So this ability to be a pilot and what kind of pilot you decide. I'm not telling you what kind of pilot you I'm just saying, here's the, and then you have those people that I call they've become an astronaut, like, um, uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, Steve Jobs. Right? They're, they're, they're working for some other mission. There's, a, there's another bigger thing. Uh, and, and, and they're unique and they have certain capabilities. And not every pilot is an astronaut. And not every commercial pilot is a fighter jet pilot. There's certain profiles. There's certain ability to manage and, and maneuver risk. So that's one, be a pilot. Uh, the second is, I'll say, access your oceanness or develop your oceanness or be an ocean. Be an ocean. What does that mean? That means, think about an ocean. An ocean uh, is an ecosystem. And the ocean uh, connects things together, connects fishes and marine life and, and, and plants and all that. Uh, it is, so it's a connector. It's also a provider. They can live. Okay, the oxygen that goes in there, the, all, the, all the stuff that goes in there and what's happening to all the, all the plants and all. It, it's a provider. It's a connector. It also energizes. Just the fact that you have the waves and you have different kind of waves. You have the tropical waves and the... So an ocean is a provider, it's a connector, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it creates energy. Now, unless, as an entrepreneur, you wish to think about what product you want to have, design it, build it yourself, 
market it to yourself, sell it to yourself, consume it yourself, and pay for it yourself, you need an ecosystem. Period. You have you need others in order for you to win. Now that others could be a combination of employees, dependence on the society, provide uh, the, the 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 partners you may have, the customers you may have, and employees you might or might not have, and investors. They're all in your ecosystem. So when I say be an ocean, it means in your ocean or or apply your oceanness. Create this thing that you understand you are an ecosystem. Is be a provider, be a connector, be an energizer. And just like ocean, sometimes you need to be calm, cool, and collected. And sometimes you need to be violent. <laughs> and violent has nothing to do with beating each other. It's look at the ocean. You are afraid of it because it has this might. You have to have a might. Right? So that I call be an ocean. Now, you could be a river in ocean. <laughs> you could be a small ocean. That doesn't mean that you have to be massive. A, a Microsoft has 17 million people in its ecosystem. You could have seven. That's okay. Provide to seven. Connect seven. Energize seven. That's your ecosystem. Okay. So just okay. just make sure that you can't kind of be on your. You have there has to be others in that environment for you to thrive and survive. It can't just be you um to to get to any to have any growth to to make an impact at all yeah and i use a lot of again a lot of stuff comes off of these ideas for example uh, it doesn't matter what you have it matters what they want it doesn't matter what you have it matters what people want what the customers want otherwise you're in your own bubble okay stay in the bubble but then you're not an entrepreneur because you are not exchanging what you have with something better you are an isolated, static thing. That means you have not embraced the change. That means you have not created more choices for yourself. That means you, that you, have not, you are not pursuing happiness. Again, entrepreneurship is about pursuing happiness, however you want to define happiness. Right? So be a pilot, be an ocean. Here's another one. Be a dancer. Be a dancer, an entrepreneur dancer. So let's 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 look at a dancer. A dancer can can be choreographed, but could also improvise. A dancer is quite aware of timing and of rhythms of music. An entrepreneur must be aware of the rhythm of the markets, of the tempo of things, and has to be very, very aware of the timing of things you can't just say oh let me introduce uh, uh i don't know something that was uh used a, a thomas guide which we used 30 years ago to find our way around things it was a book you're too young but there was a book we all had one of these things in our car we wanted to go from point a to point b we look at this we look at the grid a 72 and it was oh we got to take this road and then we'll stop another five miles and then look at it again now you can't have that because it's not relevant that's a timing issue so there is another thing about about dancers it's it's hard work it's a lot of training it's a lot of work to become an excellent dancer you require a lot of work and it's not about fighting things 
So a lot of people say you have to fight through or, 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 or muscle through or you know, uh, that's not the case. If you're doing that, you're using your energy in the wrong way. A dancer uses the energy and the movements in a, in a, in a way that the body, be it your company, is moving in a very nice way without physical force. It's not about fighting with markets. It's not about fighting with bad times. It's about being able to move in a very, very effective way. So be a dancer. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, brushing through some of this stuff. There's lots of things that I talk about and details about what is a dancer, and how does it work and all that. Um, then there is the, the, the being authentic. Uh, and that's about leadership. Now, I say leadership and entrepreneurship are twin brothers. If you want to exchange something that you have with something better, that means you're in charge. That means you're leading the charge. Okay? So there are no, I can't tell you, do this and this and this and you're a good leader. I could tell you, these are the parameters of being a leader and by and then you have to build your own leadership style because that's the only one that would work. Your leadership style works with you and your company. What is that? For example, I talk about trust. You know, people say it has to be a two-way trust. I say it has to be a three-way trust. The first, you have to trust yourself. A leader must be able to trust himself or herself, or others will never trust you. They will never trust you. And then you have to trust others. You can't be trusted just because you are a leader. Yeah, some people you know, inherit something and then they're sitting, but, but they're not true leaders. They're leaders because they control somebody's paycheck and they're afraid of them. Well, that's one way. But leaders who can change things and build massive things, they are trusted. And in order for you to be trusted, you have to trust others. It is a three-way cycle. Then you have things like courage. You have to have the courage to be wrong. You have to have the courage to challenge yourself, <laughs> the, uh, uh, to dispute yourself. You have to have the courage to uh, uh, to push through the pain at times of bad decisions. You have to be, there's lots of dimensions of courage. Right? It's, it's, it's different than uh, just saying, well, I'm a courageous guy. I'm going to go, you know, uh, discover the moon or whatever. It's, you're a courageous guy when you say you are wrong, when you back up, when you, when you fail, when you retreat. When you change course, those all require courage. You have to be able to also communicate at different levels. You have to have variable communications. And you have to be situationally aware. And lastly, you have to be competent. If you're not competent at what you do, slowly your leadership is eroded. People don't trust you anymore. And you see that, I mean, if you look at it, look back, you can look at situations and people can see that in a lot of 
places they may have worked or, or people that they were, you know, they were their managers or leaders and they could see that. And a lot of times somebody was great and a lot of people want to go back to what they were great at. And guess what? Cultures don't change that way. Organizations don't change that way. I was once this. No, that doesn't work. I mean, people, things move. Otherwise, all Italians would go back to the Roman Empire. Man, it doesn't work that way, right? And then lastly, I talk about actuating your mindfulness, which is, you know, people talk about mindfulness these days a lot. You've got to be mindful. You've got to be in the present. You've got to be in the now. You've got to realize. That, that's all fine. But being in the present without connecting that to the future is pointless. I mean, that could be an interesting exercise of, uh, you know, you could do on, on Sunday mornings. But what an entrepreneur does is connect that mindfulness to the future. And that is, you have to have a purposeful wanderlust. You have to be, you, you're constantly wondering, but there has to be a purpose to it. It can't be just wondering. That means you have to be nervous. Why? Because when you're nervous, that means you're going, you're pushing your limits. When are you nervous? Only when you push your limits. You have done this, you have done this podcast now for a long time. You're comfortable with it. Yeah, this is now second nature. But the first time or the second time you did it, you were a little nervous. Do you know why you were nervous? Push the limits, doing something new, something different. Stretched me. So you get yourself to be nervous. It's yep. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Being uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's like when you work out, um, you're not going to improve if you don't get uncomfortable. Like if, if it's easy and you're, you know, you get, you get comfortable and easy and, um, don't push yourself and it doesn't have that, like you don't have that shake going on and that soreness, like you're not going to improve at all. And so it's the same thing in, in entrepreneurship. That's exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Now here's the other thing you just mentioned the working out. And this was my discovery three days ago. <laughs> um, at my old age, I don't have the, uh, the, 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 I don't call it the will, the patience, whatever you want to call it, to go and exercise by my own. So I've got a trainer. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. If you can, so why I got not? a trainer I, and she was telling me as, you know, as doing stuff, she says, you know, you have to connect the mind to the muscle. I said, what? I said, connect the mind to the muscle. So what do you mean? Says, oh, this is a thing in, you know, you have to make sure that while you're doing an exercise, put your mind on that muscle because it's exactly like executing at a company. It's put your mind to the place where that activity, if it's a sales activity, if it's a marketing activity, if it's a communication, if, whatever it is, put your mind to that muscle. That is the muscle of your organization. That's a good point. Cause I, I drift read about, again, I heard someone talking about the, the mind to muscle thing yesterday. The, uh, and so, yeah, it's so true. You've got to put your mind to, to what needs to grow and what needs to be uh, involved in the situation. And that's not a how to. Right. Right. I can't write you a prescription or a thing that says, uh, one of the reasons is, you know, I, I I've mentored hundreds of, uh, entrepreneurs, if if not thousands, I've looked at thousands of deals invested in many and so forth. Uh, but you know what? When I give you an advice, I give it to you from my perspective, with my glasses on, and I I have a different origin. 
I have different, I can put myself in your shoes as much as possible, but I'm, I'm not you. This is what I would do, but that's not what you should do. You should alter this so that it fits you. It fits, I don't have the relationship with my wife or husband. You do when you're executing. I don't have your tolerance or risk or lack of, I don't know how much money you have in the bank. I don't know if how your relationship with your son is. I don't know. I don't know any of those. I'm just hearing something that you're telling me, which is filtered through your biases and then filtered again through my biases and responded back to you from this way. It's a three-way bias I'm giving. You. Right. Yeah. It's it's okay. we we just we can take in the information, but then we have to utilize it and, and put it into our own journey in the unique way that fits us and our talents and skills and abilities Correct. and where we're weak as well. Correct. Now, if you build your own philosophy, your own entrepreneurial philosophy, here's what happens. Those situations as they come out, those advices, the challenges, the opportunities, they go through a consistent filter. Your filter. It's not it's not somebody else's filter. It's not somebody you're having a drink with somebody and oh what else? and then you tomorrow you're because it goes through your filter and it's your philosophy. Now, here's what happens. A, the strategy becomes consistent. B, you can communicate that strategy a lot better because you're familiar with the pieces of those things. C, because you've communicated better, people understand it better and can execute it better. So your strategy would be better. Your communication would be better. Your leadership would be much more clear. Your execution would be better. What you measure success would be better. It's going to be a consistent way of executing because you have a consistent philosophy that you filter things through. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it's it goes, yeah, it's why it's so important to just kind of have your own journey, like be yourself and, and, and remembering you aren't them, kind of coming full circle with it. Um, and, and just choosing like, which pilot am I? Um, and then what, you know, what, what's in my ecosystem of my ocean and then what kind of dancer and, and, and then what is my kind of, you know, what's my strengths within that and building yourself, building that kind of journey out. Uh, so yeah, lots, lots to take away for sure from all of this. Uh, you know, it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, we are who we are because we think the way we think because of our background, because of where we come from. Uh, you know, uh, somebody comes from a poor family, somebody from, uh, from a wealthy family. Uh, somebody is uh, black, white or, or, or Asian. Somebody is, uh, uh, you know, good at math. Somebody is, uh, we are, we're all different personalities and you know and you know extroverts introverts you name it there's so many different variables that makes all of us different but there is one thing that's consistent in all of us and that is the gene to exchange the gene to exchange the talent to be an entrepreneur exists in all of us we all want to pursue happiness doesn't matter if you're in africa if you're in russia if you're iceland wherever you want to be you're trying to change what you have to something better. And if you realize that you're doing that and you realize there's always a risk, you have tapped into your entrepreneurial talent. 
from that point on, it's how do you use your talent? Yep, absolutely. And that's like, so that's one reason like with Pencil Leadership started this, because I, I just saw there people had so much more potential that I wanted to help them kind of pull that out into their own, like what that looked like for them, but show them that they had that potential and just provide just information that they could take and then implement into their journey uh, to, to improve and to, to kind of live into it. And, That's right. and, and then it, it kind of goes to the last there. So there's five traits with pencil leadership. The fifth is, uh, and I'm always curious to hear the guest response on this um, as we kind of wind down is, the fifth trait is we're all created uniquely and with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world. And so when everything is said and done for you on earth, uh, Sid, what do you hope your positive mark is? Uh, my positive mark. Um, uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing now because it tells you why I'm doing it. Uh, I teach about a third of my time. I teach at uh, USC. I'm an adjunct professor there about strategy and, uh, I do speaking engagements and I do uh, I write a lot of articles, uh, you know, from, I don't know, Times to Newsweek to USA Today, whatever, right? Uh, and I write books. That's about another third of my life. And then I'm, I, I, I help uh, young entrepreneurs. Uh, I make investments in early stage companies and I work with every single one of them. So you could see the circle is about uh communicating this thing that i believe and helping people achieve what i think they can achieve which is you are an entrepreneur i believe the future of our country depends on discovering that we're an entrepreneur i think we have lost our ways in defining what capitalism is capitalism is not elitism capitalism begins with every entrepreneur capitalism begins with us realizing what we can achieve and then achieve it so that's that's who we are and i see that moving away and i see that being eroded and i believe if we go back to what made america america to our roots to being able to build things create things and it's not about you know all moving to silicon valley and all being the guys that make billions of dollars uh, you know, here's the fact. The fact is, and this is like three or four year old statistics, but Venture Capital you know, Association says out of a thousand people that are looking for funding, one gets it. And then out of that, out of a thousand of those that get their money, one actually make it to a positive exit. Positive exit means you, you it, it's not it doesn't mean you're a billionaire it, it doesn't mean you're a millionaire it just means that you you made what you had invested in the company that's it that's one in a million now it's great to have wonderful dreams but that's not who we are we are about having a donut shop we're, we're about having a little business we're about being you know uh, first doing some uh, uh, if you would uh, side hustling and as we build our, our, our muscles and our belief. And so my, what I want to pursue is be able to communicate and create this understanding, if you would, or at least provoke people to understand that we are not them, but we are unique 
and we have tremendous amount of ability because I believe that the future is amazing. I think we are at a point in time that it is bigger than you know the, the Persian Empire or the Roman Empire. It's much bigger than uh, you know. It, it it compares to the time when people uh, discovered a knife. I mean, <laughs> because the opportunities with technology, the opportunities with artificial intelligence, the, and the dangers that people are, are are focusing on. Oh, it could be doing that. Oh, it could be doing that. The the, the struggles that we have with privacy versus uh, you know, all of those are amazing, amazing things. The world being what it is, you could have a competitor that comes from Cambodia or China or, or, or Middle East tomorrow morning. This is an amazing times, and it requires us to step up, to change, to evolve, and not, what I always say, not leaving change to chance. Mm. Yeah, so true and so good, and um, it's just amazing everything you are doing, and um, just all this information today, just uh, so much valuable insight that we can kind of take and, and make our own on our journey. So again, thank you so much for sharing all this today. Um, before we kind of say goodbye and stuff, uh, I know you have your book. Where can people find it? Where can people get connected with you to learn more uh, about what you're doing? Connecting with me is simple. My, uh, um, I have my own site, which is mohasib.com, which is my my last name. Uh, I'm sure you have it in your in your notes, but it's mohasseb.com. Um, and my email is sid at mohasseb.com. Uh, and the book, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the recent book is called You Are Not Them, uh, The Authentic uh, uh, you know, Entrepreneur's Way. Uh, it's, uh, it's on Amazon, uh, so folks can get it on Amazon. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to say that uh, it, it got uh, to be a bestseller in three categories within the first uh, couple of weeks that it was out. Uh, in, in business, that, that was in business, in education, and organization, and, and the one that I really like uh, in philosophy. Uh, because, again, it's not a how-to. It's, uh, it's, you, you, you see my poems as well as things from, you know, ranging from Plato to you name it, to Rumi. So it's a different kind of a book. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're looking for a how-to book, this is not it. But if you're looking for something that would uh, provoke you and, and help you discover the, you know, different nooks and grannies and, and, and help you shape your uh, you know, entrepreneur philosophy, uh, I, think, I think this would be uh, an enjoyable read for your audience. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, everybody check it out. Get connected with Sid. Um, again, Sid, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Thank you for giving me the time to share a few words with me. And if you're an entrepreneur who's tired of having multiple systems and tools to switch back and forth between when growing your online business, you've got to check out Groove Digital. This all-in-one marketing platform has saved me over $7,000 per year. And the better part is it's free. If you want to learn more, head over to the show description and follow the link down to the bottom for Groove Digital. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.